Welcome to Appetite for Production. It's the Rice Krispie Square of music production podcasts, isn't that right? James, why is it like a Rice Krispie Square? Which I must stress, I love Rice Krispie Squares. Well, it, it's chewy, you know, you can get your teeth into it. But it's also it's also very soft and uh, it will kill you if you have too much of it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. What are we going to talk about today, buddy? Uh, we're going to be talking about plenty of things, including a slimy, slimy FM synthesizer, uh, Melodyne 5. Oh, wow, I'm excited about that. That sounds right up my alley. So I think we should wind up the theme music and just, you know, really get into the first section after the intro portion of this podcast. What do you think? <laughs> okay, it's good. it's good. I like everyone to know where they are. I feel like we should have some, like more episodic markers, like snare rolls building up to like the next section of the podcast so everyone knows what's coming. What do you reckon? Yeah, maybe sort of like a, a signal with like four blasts of white noise just, oh. just when you've reached <laughs> yeah, the exact yeah. middle point of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's wicked. As talking will cut out <laughs> and it'll just be four blasts of white noise, uh, each each louder and more wide band than the last. And then then you'll know that you've reached the exact middle point of the podcast. Oh, wicked. Well, that's something for everyone to look forward to later. Okay, James, I want to kick off by talking about uh, an issue I'm having at the moment, which means that I'm not on top form. So I just want to make some excuses before we get started. Yeah, get 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 your caveats out of the way before rather than after. Yeah, oh, definitely. I really want to lower people's expectations. Um, so basically... I've been uh, not doing so much work recently. I've been doing a lot more music and uh, got a lot of stuff I want to mix down, which is a position I've been looking forward to for ages. But I noticed, and now content warning, I'm going to talk about earwax, but it's not going to get real gross or anything. But I did notice I was getting a little bit waxy. So I am... Um, and I've had bad experiences of, in the past of finishing tunes when my hearing had been impaired by the wax and those mix downs were rubbish. So I really wanted to make sure that I could actually hear what was going on. Um, so, okay. so I have been using Otex, which is a hydrogen peroxide that you squirt in your ear. Um, you can also use olive oil, but I find that less comfortable than using the Otex for some reason. What I th- wait, 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 wait. Let me just stop you once there. So... You could have used olive oil, a thing which you have in your house anyway, and is very natural and would just, you know, apparently get rid of the wax. But you decided to go with hydrogen peroxide. Yeah, very small amounts of hydrogen peroxide squirted directly into my ear. Now, I I find, okay, I find olive oil is a lot more gloopy and uncomfortable. And also with the uh, with Otec, sometimes I'll squirt it into my ear and you'll just immediately hear the cracking of the wax as it begins to dissolve. Um, so oh, wow. I really just feel like from my um, anecdotal experience, I prefer it basically. So, uh, so yeah, what I always forget though is um, when I use Otex, it makes the symptoms worse. So basically, my hearing is almost completely gone. So I really can't hear anything very well. And also having a load of like stuff blocking up your head, it makes me feel a bit like I've got a cold and I get some kind of psychosomatic situation where I feel just a bit under the weather, basically. So I'm I'm operating on a kind of low energy level today. And this goes on, this is going on for four days. Hopefully my hypodermic syringe will turn up tomorrow. <laughs> I had one before, can't find it anymore. Uh, is, so I can, squ- so I've, I'll have done the four days of Otex and then I can squirt lukewarm water into my ear gently. Um, well, well, so gently that it doesn't destroy my ear, but powerfully enough that it uh, causes the wax to fully break up and come out, basically. So really apologise for getting a bit graphic there, but uh, I feel like everyone needs to know this stuff. It's very important, isn't it? Well, the perils of being a uh, professional uh, 90s drum and bass enthusiast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, man. Th- that's, the, that's the thing. I, you know, I'm really passionate about 90s drum and bass and everything. And I don't want to go off half cock, as you know, James. I want to go full cock. Um, so, you know, even my body, I'm sacrificing to my art. So I just hope everyone's very grateful about that. Um, well, a couple of points here. Have you ever had ear issues yourself? No, that's the thing. I've I've never had any. Well, you will never, you will never understand my pain. James. No, sure. I don't know why I even bother talking to you? Uh, no, no, carry on. Sure, I won't understand your pain. That's fine. But <laughs> when was the first time you de-waxed your ears? Because the impression I get is that it's one of those things like um, like having your teeth 
properly cleaned that once you've done it, it's really fresh and everything, and then you mm. just notice it more when it comes back and you have to keep going more and more and more and more, whereas if you hadn't done it in the first place, you wouldn't keep getting the problems. That's a great question, James. Uh, and I've got a very full answer for you. Oh, brilliant. I will just, uh, excuse me for a second while I put my glasses on. Strap yourselves in, everybody. Um, so the first time I noticed it uh, was like in like 2000, I think, maybe. Um, and I wasn't really, um, I certainly wasn't finishing any music at the time or whatever. So it didn't really impact that. But um, I was having a bath one day and some water got in my ears and it just like totally blocked my ears up and I literally couldn't hear anything. And at the time I was working in a garage as well, uh, just on the till, and I couldn't hear anything the customers were saying, which the customers really loved. I'm sure you can imagine. <laughs> um, people were not sympathetic, basically. Wait, wait a second. Um, question Question break. When you say working in a garage, do you mean like a petrol station? Yes, I was working in the uh, total petrol station in Stansted, Mount Fitchett, which is one of the worst jobs I've ever done. I really hated it. Interesting. Um, yeah, pretty pretty flipping interesting. So anyway, um, so I was a bit, obviously, I thought I'd gone deaf, right? Because this had never happened before. And uh, even though I wasn't making much music at the time, I still wanted my ears to work. Um, so I went to the doctors and they were like, okay, it's earwax and everything. And then I got it. And so they, so I did a bit of uh, eardroppy stuff. And then I went in and a nurse did it with a machine. And, the, and it was flipping amazing, right? Because they shoot this, this re, you know, high-pressure blast of, like, kind of warmish water into your ear. And it's like getting a massage on the inside of your head, basically. Okay. There's, wow. there's nothing like it, really. Um, and when the wax comes out, it's quite chunky and satisfying, basically. And afterwards... I heard frequencies that I had not heard for years. And everything <laughs> sounded crazily crisp. Three. I'm not exaggerating at all. 354 hertz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, 702 wow, this is what hi-hat sounds like. I always wondered. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but it really, like, and everything just sounded incredibly crisp. And it was like, um, it was like going from, like, DVD to Blu-ray like but even even more so in fact so yeah it's really, really crazy i think i think yeah, i think a more apt analogy would be vinyl to cd mm, yes yes i think you're right actually maybe even cassette to cd would be the um, what about wax wax cylinder since we're talking about wax cd's a really good format basically so uh so yeah so i wouldn't i wouldn't go for that much of a jump but that would be very appropriate um so yeah so every every like three or so years i seem to like have to clean my ears out and this time i haven't waited until i've been going deaf i've been proactive and hopefully i won't destroy my ears in the cleaning process so you've never you've never had any kind of like hearing difficulty then i've never i've, I've noticed people in my family have had uh wax problems so you know it could be coming my way but uh yeah I've, I've never had a problem i'm sure yeah that getting a bit of wax out maybe it would uh, increase those high frequencies but i mean i imagine the wax is there for a uh, a natural reason which um helps in whatever way it's needed but uh in some people it probably grows too much or something yes i think i'm i you know um i think i'm an excessive wax producer basically you're you're hyper waxive you know it baby i'm like you know my body senses some kind of problem it's there ready with some kind of fluids to sort it out <laughs> <laughs> well I, I hope that little uh, first act of the podcast has been really uh, nice and pleasant for everyone to listen to so I, before we finish though talking about this lovely subject you're not tempted to try and have a bit of a clear out ever yourself or whatever and just just to uh experience it like a preemptive uh, de-waxing. Well, yeah, because the thing is, you know, you'd be able to hear better for a while, at least. If you've got so much wax in there, just like, at, say, last week, at, at the point where you had so much wax in there, mm. then when you stuck an earbud in your ear and um, de-waxed it, as we all do every so often after a shower or something, no, why doesn't you're it not, come out? No, you're not supposed to do that. Don't put earbuds in your ear. It's that's the worst thing. Why? Because it's um because it, it it can dam it can like do like tiny like it can damage your very delicate ear and also um it can like impact the wax more and just be counterproductive. So don't do that. It's one of those things that they say um 
it says on the packet, don't put this in your ear, even though that's basically what they're for. So is that what you actually, so you go, you go full on earbuds and clear, clear them out like that, do you? Well, yeah, occasionally. And, um, you know, how often? Uh, well, I won't say how often really, but let's say uh, semi-frequently. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and, I've literally no idea how often that is. And you, you get bits of wax out and it's uh, it's all done and you're fine. And then no more wax comes out. So that's my question. Like, wh- how can I get to the point where no more wax comes out if you get to the point where there's loads and loads and loads and loads of wax in there? I don't know. Maybe you're doing the right thing or whatever, and maybe I'm following the you know the 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 advice of uh, the establishment and doing it wrong. Basically, oh, I don't want to hurt my ears, man. They're my fortune. You're getting the five G right into your ears. And... Oh man, I knew it. <laughs> and that waxy buildup is uh, actually uh, eardrum cancer. And uh, that's, that's oh. why you make 90s derivative drum and bass. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe I need to stop having loads of earwax and stop making 90s derivative drum and bass. But hey, don't hold your breath. Tim, I want to introduce you to uh, a lovely uh, little synth. Uh, it's very uh, it's very interesting. Uh it's got a got its own way of working. Let's just say that. Uh, mm-hmm. It is called Slimer FM. Oh, now you've you've thrown a couple of Slimers in your time, haven't you? I'm a big fan of uh, Ghostbusters, mate. So I know all about Slimer, baby. It's uh, it it is a little synth, which is just nine dollars and nine cents. That's right, nine oh nine, Tim. Mm-hmm. I know what that means. And um, it's a tiny thing with. Uh, 11 controls and the idea is that it is one fm oscillator and you load this plug in several times in your door and you route it using your door's routing functions what one of it into another one of it into another one of it and uh you modulate your own little fm synth using your door like that that's crazy it is a bit nuts isn't it yeah i mean it sounds like a faff, but maybe if you could like use it in a really modular way, then it's cool. Uh, yes, it's that is the idea. It is like, hey, this is a big modular thing. You can make your own yeah. setup. It's a lovely FM thing, but yeah, realistically, <laughs> yeah, it is a bit of a faff. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, like, I think it's probably going to be the sort of thing that a small uh, section of people will absolutely love and Mm. uh, love the flexibility that it gives them. Maybe it would be nice to uh, use something like this just as a little kind of signal generator or to to modulate uh, one other thing, you know? That would be nice. Mm -hmm. So you weren't really using it as a full-on FM synth, but you used it as a little element in your door which could uh, connect to other stuff. Well, how's it going to connect to other stuff, James? Well, that's it's designed to connect to stuff as an FM uh, synth because it's got a uh, audio input and it makes its own audio output as well. Uh, well, I, oh, I guess I guess you could use a different something else as the source and use it to modulate this because exactly. not a lot of synths have inputs. No, do you know but, what I mean, but this does sort of open up uh, a nice little idea for other. Um, other modules like this uh, which could also Mm. generate signals and envelopes and LFOs and stuff like that and we could maybe use even more of those things and turn our door into an actual modular Mm. setup yeah well maybe that's the future maybe everything's going to be bitwig (laughs) yeah I I like that approach even though I haven't got into it whatsoever because who's got the time to learn that kind of thing I mean eat like um door routing I mean, like routing uh, stuff in Ableton Live is actually pretty convenient compared mm. to a lot of other doors but even so even then you, you've got to really know what you're doing uh, to really get your head around it because it's not something that we all do all the time Mm. And also, it means that you can't just have like a single patch that you save. You've got to have like a big, uh, a big setup that you need to save if you create something magical. You know what I mean? Oh man! I mean, I, I mm-hmm. would like to see that this person has done more in the future, where they could sort of use, use different elements to sort of connect them all together. Uh, they have done some things. There's a little uh, free instrument called Ghost Tones, which just makes sort of ghosty tones, I guess. Oh, wow. Spooky and ooky. Yeah, it says it's a simple synth that doesn't ignore you, even though it seems like it is. 
<laughs> Wicked. Uh, yeah, yeah there def- yeah. hey, there definitely needs to be wacky stuff out there because otherwise everything would be very boring. So it's good that this guy's doing some uh, trippy stuff. I agree. Okay, Tim, I wanted to talk a little bit about old Melodyne. Yeah, there's a new one. Yeah, Melodyne 5 is new. Uh, It's just uh, been released, and I mentioned it last episode, but I uh, wanted to properly do a bit of research and see what I could uh, find out about it before talking about it. And I have... Oh, wicked. What did you uh, unearth on your travels? Mm, It's... (laughs) I know, there's some good new stuff. There's some good new stuff, and it's technically very very good and very clever, Mm. uh, but... The long and short of it is, I don't know if Melodyne is maybe going a bit too far from its old remit of, um, you know, tweaking vocals really well. Well, what's the other stuff it's doing? Well, I remember Melodyne 4, for example, put in this thing where you could sort of, um, you could EQ your signal and the EQ would change based on... um, Oh, that's clever. Based on what note it was. Uh, So you're literally changing the timbre of the signal using sort of... EQing partials and harmonics rather mm. than a static EQ, and that was cool. But that's a bit uh, a bit crazy. Uh, this one, this version of Melodyne, Melodyne Five, now it detects not just pitch components but also unpitched noisy components. Oh um, wow! Okay, which means you could technically use it as like a deesser and things like that. Okay. Uh, so it will split out the uh, S sounds and, uh, I don't know, maybe the P sounds and stuff like that. And you can um, level each of them separately. So you could turn down the S's and stuff like that. Uh, and it's got a fade tool so you can fade in and out notes, which, I mean, it had a level tool before. It didn't have a fade, mm. so I think that's that's fair enough. And you can do that polyphonically. Um it's got oh, wow. a leveling macro, which is basically just, you know, compression, but sort of happens, again, happens polyphonically. Um, so it's you're reducing the dynamic range, I imagine, mm. of uh, your spoken word. Or your sung word. And it's also got chord a chord track, basically. So you can feed it a bunch of chords in a sequence, and it will recognize what they are. Mm. And you could uh, just write at the top, for example you got something saying F minor, you could change it to G minor and it would change all the notes automatically based on what you've put in the chord track. Uh, And the fact that it recognizes stuff that you put in there as a start is also great. Uh, So that is a lot of stuff, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, it sounds like a significant update. I mean, yeah, that's a lot of great features. But do you need Melodyne to do all those features? Are people actually going to do those things using Melodyne? Um, I bet some people will. I wouldn't, mm. personally. Um, but I don't use Melodyne very much. But I imagine some people will just keep using it for, you know, your basic pitch correction, manual pitch correction as well, specifically. That's what people turn to it for, right? And mm. that's that's basically its use. Um, but it feels, like, it feels like they're stretching it out to try and justify more and more and more stuff. And, you know, it's fine it's not really something i could complain about Mm. but uh i don't think it's really that needed you know like maybe it's better to stick with your algorithm unless they think their algorithm is the best they can possibly get it well i mean there's always going to be room for improvement on the algorithm i guess i mean the thing is Mm. they you know they need to make money do they need to make money tim do they uh, well, I don't know if they need to make money, but businesses want to, businesses want to make money, I guess. So you know they need to come <laughs> out with new new versions. You know what I'm saying? Mm, well, all your versions all belong to us. Is what I say. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, uh, I've got to say, Metadine's a sick bit of software, so I hope they do keep making it. Basically, I'm sure some I'm sure some people you know love the new features, especially that chord stuff. Like if you're working with like. You know, a lot of music projects for like, uh, you know, TV or whatever or film or something like that. And you need to Mm. muck about with a load of things quickly. I bet I bet that's a real time saver. Yeah, but I think most people just want just want it for the pitch. Surely, you know, you don't think, oh, I need a DSL. Let me just call it Melodyne. 
I yeah. I mean, the thing is, it m- maybe it would do it in a way. Like the thing is, it does sound interesting about that EQ stuff as well. I think I think people and you know, I think this this stuff is probably for sort of the people who are doing like the top end of pop music. Do you know what I mean? Who want mm. who are making like Lady Gaga records or whatever, and just want to have like you know the the best radio sound ever. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, hopefully, their um, sort of little edition can um, can make it. Uh, cheap for people to just get that if they want it and then if you're on the bells and whistles you go for the crazy bit well yeah i mean the ed the editor version i um i believe still um is the one which does like the polyphonic stuff which is the cool sexy stuff i think we can all agree right james you believe that tim but it's actually the top version is now called studio no no editors no no, editors the middle one so that's the one you want to get if you don't want the big fancy version it says uh melodyne 5 studio is the complete melodyne with all melodyne's unique functions and possibilities but uh editor still has the polyphonic editing right yeah let me tell you the prices tim melodyne (laughs) 5 essential is 99 euro clam (laughs) Mm -hmm. sorry i'm sneezing carry on Melodyne 5 Assistant is uh, 249 euro clam, and that's got pitch, timing, vibrato, phasing, formants, and dynamics. Doesn't seem like that's polyphonic. No. Uh, Melodyne Editor, uh, four, sorry, 399 euro clam. Oh. Um, that's got the polyphonic stuff in it, and that's basically what everyone needs to love Melodyne for. Mm. And uh, Melodyne Studio, which has uh, all of the above, 699 euro clam. Oh, man. It's a spicy meatball. So what's the cheapest version with polyphonic? Is it editor then? I thought there was a cheaper version. Yeah. Editor 399. I didn't realise editor was so expensive. Oh man. Well guys, I've got an editor NFR, so you can all uh, kiss my chuddies, basically. Um <laughs> you didn't have to pay for it. And it's wicked. I think I've got Melodyne 4 studio uh, Oh what? Ago. Oh god, okay, okay. Well Mr. Fancy Pants over here. It used to just be called Melodyne Editor, and there weren't any version one, version two, and whatever. But they really got on the version train, and you gotta, you you gotta be fine with that. Um, yeah, I'll forgive uh, Melod Solemnity for basically anything at this point. Yeah, well, it's nice to see people pushing pushing something forward. But considering their heritage, basically, I'd love to see them pushing forward some other technology and uh, really bringing it to. Um, to glory uh, instead of just whacking Melodyne more and more and more and more. And not that I don't appreciate it, but I'd like to see it happen to something else. I Look, I don't think... Okay, James, right, I'm going to draw a line in the centre. I don't think you're giving Solemnity enough respect because Melodyne, the first version, was amazing when it came out. And when they did the polyphonic stuff... That was that blew people's minds, and it you know I think it's much more impressive than anything that's come out since, like your yeah, sort of regrooves or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you say since, that was over ten years ago. Um, yeah, it was a while. Yeah, it it the, the, was the polyphonic stuff ten years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I think uh, I think nothing has approached the heights of that uh, since. So uh, yeah, I yeah. think it was uh, very impressive, and I think Solemnity should always be remembered for that. Yeah, but you can't be remembered. You can't just sit on your laurels for a hundred years, can you? Oh, I don't think they're sitting on their laurels. I mean, no. what what would you like to see next? Like full on, full on acapella removal. Yeah, I'd like to see them uh, concentrate on like some RX style things. You know, really apply apply their great audio prowess to other stuff uh, rather mm. than just um, getting some new vocal editing techniques. I think mm. the world the world needs them. This is what I'm saying. We need a hero, Tim, at this time in our lives. What I think much like Batman, Solemnity only really fully show their power when it's necessary. So I think that, you know, mm. they will they they will leave off like doing something really devastating and mind-blowing until it's ready do you know what i mean whereas i think maybe like the regrews of this world didn't come out as fully formed as say uh, the polyphonic stuff in melodyne did do you that's, feel me that's fair well i i like to think and have faith that they will come when we really need them james i've been using some plugins recently do you want to hear about it oh plugins really oh uh, what what's caused you to have needed plugins uh, well, I've been actually doing some music, and I've you know, hey. I, I'm always 
you know, trying to push the bounds of uh, mediocrity. So I want to be at the cutting edge of plugins. So I've been using some plugins that have all been around for a while, but I've only really just got into. One of the ones I was never bothered about, but I really, really like now, is flipping Shaper Box 2, buddy. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I have used it a fair bit. So this is Cable Guy Shaper Box 2, which uh, you have all the Cable Guys gang, the uh, Width Shaper, Volume Shaper, uh, Pan Shaper, uh, Crush Shaper, and Time Shaper. Is that it? Any others? I think so. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, mate. I only use the Volume 1 because I don't put ah. a lot of special effects in my music. You draw a bunch of curves into uh, into the interface and you can separate those curves uh, by band and the curves affect either volume or pan or time. Yeah, yeah, or... yeah. I'm not separating anything by band either, mate. Let me tell you that much. No, but you've been using, <laughs> you've been using a bit of volume shape. How do you use it? Do you use uh, the preset curves or do you draw your own? Do you know what? I actually totally forgot that it did bands and that might actually come in handy, you know. Um, I just, I basically, I'm a real basic bitch, James. I just use it like a posh LFO tool. And um, yeah, the interface, like the interface is your typical German style. It's kind of like... It's very sensibly designed, but there are tons of functionality in there. So you mm. kind of need to kind of like need to learn it a little bit or whatever. Um, the, so the, I'm just the German school of interface design. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, and it's one that I do. I do appreciate, you know, I do like some quite nice simple plugins, but it is also nice when, you know, people people give you a lot of flexibility and stuff. Um, and I've just been using it to just kind, kind of, you know, quite relatively accurately like just do some volume volume shaping i guess on uh, like loops and stuff like that or percussion parts and everything and it um and it's yeah it's really convenient for getting like when you're using lots of different percussion layers like you would be in drum and bass sometimes uh, getting mm. them to all sit together nicely so you don't have like you know say you've got a break beat that's got like an open hat that's popping out you can just quite nicely um fix it with uh shape box on a track instead of like going through your entire track say you've used a load of audio clips going through hundreds and thousands of audio clips right and, you know replacing them all and everything it's just real quick and convenient that's good and if you like uh, shaper box 2 but only use volume shaper i took you up with a copy of devious machines duck uh which i oh. was involved with making i made a lot of presets for it oh um, it's uh very much a similar draw your own curve as volume sort of gross beat uh yeah inspired lfo tool ish plugin uh and if you're just using it to to do quick things like that then uh, I, sh I should get you some of that you can also uh do low and high bands if you want and you can trigger mm. it so it doesn't have to just be on an LFO constantly synced to your project. Oh, it can be triggered okay. with audio or uh, sidechain triggered or triggered with MIDI if you want it to be. That's cool. I mean, like, you get into trickiness, James, when you get into the area of drum edits. So say... Uh, you've got like a loop that's running just like a regular sort of two-step beat for your whole 16 bars apart from the end where you've got a little drum fill and things are going to be in different places um it's kind of like that uh it's something where that sort of uh, triggering might come in handy basically i guess so but it is it is just as trigger the volume envelope um rather than anything oh yeah else. Oh yeah, but, but you just you know you put the triggers in the right place so that it does all the ducking where you want it to and everything. And it's, uh, yeah. yeah, sounds good. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's another thing you could use. Uh, what else have you been using? I've been using using just tons of uh, Imager Two by Isotope, buddy. The free Ooh. plugin. Yeah, yeah. I I did something on that recently uh, and uh, thought when I was reviewing it because I was comparing what was I doing? Comparing stereo tools or something. And mm -hmm. I was reviewing it thinking that I had Imager 2 installed, but I only had Imager 1 installed. So I had, <laughs> I, when I realized, I had to go back and redo it. Um, oh, you fell victim to one of the classic blunders there, James. Yes, yes. What have you been uh, using Imager 2 for in particular? Well, mate, it's, uh, you know, I, I kind of do a sort of thing in my mix downs, which a lot of people do, where you have like 
the sort of stuff that you want to be real solid in the mix, in the center of the mix, are like your beats and bass and stuff like that, and sort of in a sort of mm-hmm. driving lead, stuff like that. And then all your wishy-washy pads and maybe percussion parts, just like really in the sort of like sort of side signals, so not really pan so much as just, you know, stereoized. Um, yeah. And that makes it much easier to get a nice loud mix down because then you can push push uh, each, you know, those two two bits separately and get them, you know, sounding really nice and loud and everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, an imager helps with that. Um, I haven't really been doing that much mono checking, though. You must do that at some point before you finish off, basically. So, yeah, um, I have been, I've, I've maybe been using it a bit in a bit of a cavalier fashion, but everything seems to be working out thus, thus far. Um, what did you think so of the like, different... As, as, as long as you don't get yourself killed, then I'm okay with it. Okay, I, well, I don't think I'm going to get killed uh, regarding my stereo image, but who knows? Um, I was wondering, did you check out the different modes in Imager 2? There's two modes. Yeah, yeah, I did. So one of them is just the Imager 1 mode, and the other one's a new mode. And mm. one of them, and it's it's interesting because they kind of handle the stereo a bit differently. In the, in the old one, I think it is, it kind of like you get a bit of movement in the stereo image, whereas okay. in the new one, it, it's a bit more static. So like those are those are useful for different uh, scenarios you might find yourself in. So yeah, I yeah. would definitely recommend checking out Image Two if you've if you haven't tried any of them or you're still on Image One. All I remember from testing it is that I always preferred the first mode, um, but the second mode, uh, you know, I, I tested it on a lot of different things, but I always seem to like the the first mode better. Um, in terms of width plugins. Um, I, I basically did a roundup, including Imager, um, as I was saying, and um, a lot of the ones that make stereo from mono, I mean, the only way you can make stereo from mono really is by doing some weird phase stuff with it, and that makes a lot of them sound phasey in a bad way, if you see what I mean. Like, you can hear the phase. I mean, yes, they'll they'll all give you different results. But that's what stereo is. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the, the thing. Whole yeah, point, yeah, 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 um, yeah. Yeah, there's going to have to be, you've got to have to like, you know, there'll be no perfect solution. You will have to just like find a compromise, I think, really. Well, may, maybe the perfect solution is to do loads and loads and loads of processing. So it sounds like so phasey that it like flips back over into normal, regular territory. Oh my goodness! I don't know about that. I mean, what you've also got to think about is context as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, I tried like I tried some really expensive plugins as part of that, and they didn't sound good to me either. Really? Um, but there was one which I liked a lot, which I think was called Stereo Finalizer. Um, <laughs> wow, the final solution. Yeah, Stereo Finalizer, the ultimate stereo plugin. But that had like a good few controls and um, like three type selectors. Um, and it, it offered a lot more um, ways to sort of, I guess with stereo stuff, you don't always just want one control that you turn up or down. You want a few controls that you can mess around with until it sounds right for your particular audio. And that's going to be different with all different sources. Mm. And so this plugin was really good for that. That's cool. I mean, I do feel like you do have a little bit of control with Imager over stuff like... uh the, like the amount of widening and the, the the sort of delay and stuff like that, or sub some parameter basically, or whatever. But yeah, it's not like it's not really full on solution. I mean, I do find sometimes it's best to just use a modulation effect that's stereo, and then um, yeah, it's a kind of that can kind of sound a bit more natural on some things. I feel. Do you mm. know what I mean? You could just yeah, I, if you're starting with mono, you could also do you could do loads of things. You could sort of split the channels, so you're doing something different to the left and the right, and see what comes from that, and all the while checking that it still works in mono, eh? Well, yes. I mean, I think yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the thing is that image I think does that automatically, basically. So if you use like the um, the I think the new mode that's static, then you will hear that like. Um, it's yeah, it's picking out different bits of the the frequency spectrum on the left and right channels, and they stay still. So that is mm. kind of a bit unnatural sounding, but it might work in the context of the mix. You know what I mean? There's a lot of trade offs when it comes to stereo stuff, especially making things wider. Yeah, and I'm really I really want the mono signal to sound good because. Mm. That is that is still something you're going to encounter in the real world a lot of the time and everything. So yeah, it's yeah, it's important. 
and also i yeah i mean i did i really underestimate how how much difference it makes to be able to get a nice loud mix down to like do all that stereo separation stuff really i always take it for granted a bit really but yeah it's pretty important if you want to make an upfront sounding mix any other plugins you've been using recently well james you know how generally i say i'm going to do something and talk about it and i never actually do it just just like the rest of us uh, well, I think I think I'm particularly bad for it on this podcast. I feel like I've done it a lot. Well, this time I've actually gone back to something and used it, and I'm here to talk okay. about it now. Filter step, buddy. Filter step. Ah, what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I didn't use it again after that time, um, but I, I might in the future. Who knows? Well, I've used it, mate, and it's wicked. Um, yep. It's a bit kind of weird how it works or whatever. I didn't really appreciate it the first time. It's got kind of like. There's no overall like setting level for it. There's like an amount level, but if you want to ch- change the overall kind of level, you have to do that like in on the steps themselves, basically. Mm. Um, so yeah, but it was fine and it did exactly what I wanted it to do. And I've used it in a tune, like I said I would, um, though Yay. I didn't. I thought I I said that I might do a tune where it was just like it was all based around some pad with a field step thing on it or whatever. I didn't end up doing mm. that. I've just got it as a thing that comes in for like. Sort of 16 uh, bars or whatever but like i mean yeah i guess i just didn't want it to have it load like the that sort of thing repeating in a sort of hypnotic manner which i might i might go back to that idea at some point or whatever but yeah i was very happy with it and it did it did the, the job a treat mate so yeah phil step another freebie and, to check out and you didn't you didn't feel that there are any advantages of using lives uh quantized auto filter right no, because um, I always do that, and then I never use it in the tune. Um, it, I can mm. get some cool sounding results, but I get with filter step, you're getting a thing where you can more kind of like put, put like define like little rhythmic hooks in there. Um, and mm. yeah, it, <laughs> I just flipping love sequenced filters on pads. It just sounds it just sounds great. It sounds futuristic and interesting. So uh, yeah, I hope I hope I go back to filter step at another point. And you're going to uh, mix these down as soon as your little ears are better. Is that right? Yeah. So I've got basically, I've got four tunes that are more or less finished. One of them I might go back to a bit. And then two tunes that I've just done in like the past like 10, like two weeks or whatever, um, which wow. is which is crazily productive for me. That, like the thing is, I'm always trying to do something clever and interesting, but... I generally get the best results when I'm just like, fuck it. And I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to use all the same sounds I fucking always do, whatever. I'm not ever going to try and do anything interesting. And then I actually end up making a tune that I quite like. So, I think, <laughs> so I'm thinking now maybe, you know, fuck it, fuck ideas, fuck trying to innovate and try to do new things. Maybe I'll just bosh out, you know, loads of the same old shit. Who knows? But uh, yes, I'm uh, looking forward to mixing down these, uh, all of these tunes when my, uh, when my ears work. Tim, I'd like to talk to you about uh, a new plugin by SoftTube. Oh, yeah, the softest tubes in the biz, right? Uh, and it's called Amp Room, and it is a guitar amp uh, simulator modeler thingy. Now, why would you try and tell me about this, James? I don't really do guitars. I, I know, you don't play guitars, and every so often you get these people who use, um, they use amp sims, uh for electronic music as well Mm, mm. and you've done some stuff with that do you know i do actually use guitaring a little bit because there's loads of stuff in there and it's not all about the grinding amps and everything yeah there is a lot of stuff although with guitar rig one thing that bugged me is there aren't many clean tones in there yeah okay okay i don't really know about that stuff to be honest how would you know whether a tone is clean Uh, it's not distorted okay it's just nice and warm and um (laughs) <laughs> like, like, warm doesn't mean anything, James. Like, if you're listening to uh, a piece of music that has an electric guitar in it, but it's not like you know a distorted electric guitar. It's nice. Like, it just sounds like presents and stuff. I yeah, guess. well, you, like think think some classic Red Hot Chili Peppers or something. Uh, that's not necessarily overdriven. Oh, that's just uh, nice and uh, run through okay, and out. Okay, okay, okay. Anyway, there's not much of that in Guitar that's Rig. Guitar Rig itself hasn't been updated for a very long time, and I have no idea what they're doing, because you'd think 
they would be um, pushing out a new version one day. Mm. It looks very old. It um, sounds all right. But when you have people like Softube and uh, Reasonably Positive Grid uh, mm. launched by SFX2, so they're on the second version of theirs now. Softube are coming out with this, Amp Room. Um, they already had a plugin called Amp Room. This is a proper, like, more comprehensive amp simulator. Um, and they're, mm. they're starting to take the lead. It looks good. Um and have you li- have you had a play with it? I haven't. I don't think I'm going to, but uh, it it sounds good from the trailer. Um, Sick. Basically, yeah. There's plenty of amps. Uh, six amps. Sixteen cabs. Ten effects. Three studio effects. Um, eight utilities and two hundred and sixty presets. Uh, you gotta love it. This are these. Go ahead. Are these based on um, re- like uh, real amps? Then I guess. And yeah, exactly. Cats. And Softube have some sort of collaboration thing with Marshall, so um, those guys are already in bed together. And even though this trailer like mm. only has a couple of guitar tones on it, which isn't very representative of a huge, you know, it's not really. You'd sort of want to cycle through a load of presets on your trailer, not just to play two guitars on a rock song. Uh, but you know, who cares? Um, <laughs> but that's Softube entering the Amp Simulator game with Amp Room, or the new version of Amp Room, which they're pretending is the release of Amp Room, and Amp Room One never existed. But hey, okay, how complex is this Amp Room? Is it like a sort of thing where you have like a mixing desk or whatever, and you can like bring in like the mics on different positions and stuff, and all this sort of caper? Uh. <sighs> I don't know, actually. There haven't been many um, huge pictures. Let me have a little look, shall I? Um, Please do. uh, The website calls it an infinitely expandable platform, which I think (laughs) is uh, software developers speak for, we're going to charge you a load of upgrade money and put a shop inside the Yeah, it's a shop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, they've got like the Marshall Cabinet collection and stuff like that. It's an expansion Mm. pack. Yep, that's it. So Amp Room. Let me let me just go back to the start here. 149 euro clams for your amp room license. Okay. Introductory clam rate, 99 euro clams. That's all right. Hey. Hey. Um, but yeah, I mean they've got a lot of Marshall stuff. It looks like it's going to be normal distorted stuff, and they seem to have put a lot of their old um, old plugins like um, tube delay, tape, uh, Trident, Tube Tech inside amp room so they're things that were previously just plugins are now also available okay. in amp room and it's quite a quite a cheap price as well so it's pretty nice i mean this feels like a sort of uh vmr sort of thing where you're you're paying like a not too crazy price initially um but there's you know you could there's the potential to spend loads and loads of cash or whatever to, to get all the all the stuff you really mm, want. yeah i think so it's uh, there seems to be a good lot of stuff for a, for a first time release, and there's a lot of people in the amp sim game, and a lot of really good people in it as well. So mm. I mean, Softube have probably got what it takes, but uh, I'd uh, it'd be very hard to get into that game, I think, and uh, pick it up with uh, a lot of guitarists. But a lot of people play guitar, and they're starting to use their computers a lot. So um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's fair enough to give it a go. I really wish I knew more about guitars, basically. Oh, not enough to actually learn about them. <laughs> you know, there's no nothing stopping me. Yeah, you, you you don't really use guitars in your tunes, so you don't really need to, do you? I use loads. I use loads of guitar samples, but I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna play. I'm never gonna get a really nice guitar and all the kit and a nice wah pedal or whatever and be able to play as good as somebody who makes samples for Splice. That's the thing. No, uh, and yeah. I couldn't see you doing that, and uh, I think it would be overblown if you were to get a load of kit. Uh, before you even learn anything. Yeah, 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 exactly. And the thing is, though, I wouldn't be, I would literally just be playing chords. I'd just be going, wow, 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 I would really need to learn that much, I don't think. Didn't, didn't you hear the trailer? That's basically what guitarists do. Oh, okay, sick, wicked. 
And, so, and sometimes, it's... sometimes some disco, uh, disco chops as well. Like that oh yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, like that stuff. It's all wah based though, basically. Okay, so you don't need talent if you got a wah pedal. That's the thing. <laughs> well, I think, I think if you if you've got talent and a wah pedal, nothing can stop you, basically. Oh yeah, that is also true. But it's also true that you don't need talent if you got a wah pedal. But if you have both, then nothing can stop you. Okay, well, maybe I, maybe I just need to get a wire pedal and see where I go from there. It's not going to happen, though. That is the end of the episode, but we are leaving on a high note because we have a tune from a clam, Tim. Oh, wicked. A bit of interaction. I love it. Tell me about it. Uh, this is Paul Knight, otherwise known as Arps, and... Um, this tune is out now on For the Core Recordings. Um, oh! He says, don't expect too much. It's a fairly uninspired, generic 90s-style hardcore thing. Oh, yes! My favourite thing in the world! Yes! I'm so, so ready for this. Get yourself excited. We're going to do an outro to this, and then we're going to come back after the outro and talk about it. Oh, wicked. Fantastic. Bring it on, son.
right, Timo. Okay, do you want to go first? Uh, well, th- here's the thing, Tim. I, I have no idea on the merits of what he's done well <laughs> and what he's done badly, because that, I'll tell you what, is not my kind of music. But I'll tell you whose kind of music that is, Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> back when I was in school, I was about 11 okay. or 12 years old, and um, most people had a bus driver who was just, you know, a normal person. But not me, mm-hmm. Tim. On my bus, we had Wayne driving the bus. <laughs> oh, mate! And that's the kind of stuff he used to play on the bus all the time. You know that Helter Skelter thing? Yeah, man! He used to play that on the bus, and it was like, it, it was a different world. Oh, man, I love Wayne, basically. That sounds awesome, man. Big ups to Wayne, wherever he is now, man. I hope he's still rocking the Helter Skelter tape packs, frankly. On, on a bus. On a bus. I mean... This really, really couldn't be more uh, up my alley, James. This is obviously the sort of stuff I'm specifically that I'm really into. So yeah, I uh, I loved every second of it. That was great. Um, it sounds uh, quite a lot. There was first breakdown sounds. Obviously, sounds uh, a lot like uh, nasty by Psychic. I think it is, but uh, I'm sure the composer is very well aware of that. <laughs> I love the flipping uh, fool's fool's gold uh, breakbeat. It's wicked. Kickdrum sounding lovely. What I really like as well, now that I'm particularly prone to this at the moment, I like a vocal that it's very easy to mishear it as something. And I couldn't really work out what the vocal was saying. Was it saying, you feel me up? Because that is cool. I like that. And um, yeah, overall, the production was just, uh, yeah, lush and lovely. Very kind of like, you know, Night Force remix style, 95-ish. You know, absolutely, uh, absolutely my cup of tea. So um, yeah, I'm going to see if I can uh, grab a, a copy of that. And in more Just Worlds, James, where I was booked to play uh, happy hardcore sets, I'd be uh, I'd be playing this out, uh, definitely. So yeah, fantastic work. Who made that again? What's his name? Uh, that is uh, Paul Knight, otherwise known as Arps. Arps and the yes. tune is I Can't Tell. I will put a link to that everywhere that you see the podcast, our a4ppodcast.com, and in the show notes and the podcast description. But you've got to remember, man... Mm. Tim can't hear today, so no. you know. <laughs> hey, I can hear. I can hear enough to know a banger when I hear it, mate. So don't it you could worry have been about that. Viennese waltz, Viennese waltz <laughs> fart music, and he would have he would have thought it was like nineties DMB jungle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who yeah. knows, eh? Hey, look, anyone out? I really enjoyed that. I'm very excited to discover some music, new, new music I like so much. Anyone else who's got some 90s inspired music they want to send on over, please go right ahead because it makes my day. We'll catch you all in the next episode. Y'all have a lovely time. Yeah, look after yourselves, people. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.